Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast. It is June the 28th, Wednesday, June the 28th. Hope you guys are doing well. Thanks for joining us today as we uh, continue our journey through the book of Romans. We're right in the middle of it now. A little over halfway, actually. Uh, Romans chapter 11. Yeah. Hope you guys are all doing well. Our students uh, at Bayside are out at a at their summer uh, youth uh, trip out in Savannah, Georgia, starting to see some pictures. and Looks like they're doing some work and um, having some fun together and learning about Jesus, all those things. Man, camps are so important for students. Parents, man, get your kids to uh, youth camps. So, so important to their um, the uh, to their spiritual deformation and development, and um, just so they kind of have so it becomes theirs. They uh, develop genuine, authentic faith. So many people, so many people trace back their conversion to Christ to a youth camp. Um, so, super important, super important. All right, you guys, let's um, let's uh, turn to the Word of God now. Romans chapter eleven. We um, we've been trekking through here, and we'll finish uh, our readings together tomorrow on a, on Romans twelve. Um, and so, let's see what the Word of the Lord says to us today. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Let's go. Romans chapter eleven. Uh, remember, Paul is in this conversation. He's been laying the case for uh, faith in Jesus and righteousness that comes through faith and has picked up the question in 9 and 10 of really about Israel. So what is, you know, now that Jesus has done this new thing, um, well, how does Israel play in this? Um, the, the uh, you know, the the custodians of the, Torah and the temple and uh, those who've been bringing the prophecies. Well, what about them now? Are they just kind of thrown aside? So here we go. Verse 11, or chapter 11, verse 1. I ask then, did God reject his people? By no means. And that by no means is very strong language. Like in Greek, that's a very strong language. It would be like saying uh, H-E double hockey sticks. No. Heck no, no way, by no means. It's very strong. I am an Israelite myself, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. God did not reject his people. <laughs> Paul's like, look, I'm a Jew and I'm saved. Obviously, God did not reject the Jews because here I am. And, and he, you know, he's not alone. There's many others. God did not reject his people whom he foreknew. Don't you know what Scripture says in the passage about Elijah? 
how he appeared to God against Israel. Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. and I am the only one left, and they are trying to kill me. And what was God's answer to them? I have reserved for myself 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to bow to Baal. So even in Elijah's day, Elijah sees the uh, how even so many of his own people, in terms of ethnicity, his own Jewish people, have started to worship pagan the pagan god Baal. And Elijah pleads to God, like, you know, they've all turned away. And the Lord said, I've, I've reserved, I've, there remains a remnant who have not bowed the knee. Verse 5, so too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. This is huge. Chosen what by what? Not by race. Chosen not by who's your mom, who's your dad, who's your grandpa. Not chosen by how much money you got. Not chosen by who you know. Not chosen by how much education you have. Or how much money you have. Or, you know any of those external things, or even um, the things you can't control. It's the remnant chosen by grace. Hmm. Man. We are those who respond to the Lord are the remnant chosen by grace. And if by grace, then it cannot be based on works. If it were, grace would be, no longer be grace. So it's not based on the things you do. It's based on the grace of God, the unmerited favor. That's the, the literal definition of grace, unmerited, undeserved favor. Something positive coming your way um, that you don't deserve, that you didn't work for. And so salvation through Jesus is grace. It's unmerited favor. It's undeserved um, blessing. What then? Verse 7. What, uh, what the people of Israel sought so earnestly that they did not, that they did, what, what the people of Israel sought so earnestly they did not obtain. The elect among them did, but the others were hardened. So he's saying, always even, again, this is what we said before, Paul is making the point. There has always been Israel within Israel. In other words, the remnant within Israel. That there's always been in Israel people who had hardened hearts too, who were not in relationship with God, even though they were doing all the religious rites and going through all the ceremonies. Just like in the church, there are people who go to church and check the boxes and carry big Bibles, but their hearts are not for Jesus. Um. And so it's, it's the heart, it's the faith, those who've been chosen by grace, not by their works, but by grace. So the elect among them did, but the others were hardened. So the elect, the remnant, same thing. Here Paul calls them the elect, the chosen. The elect among them did, but others were hardened. As it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that could not see and ears that could not hear, to this very day. And David says, may their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a, and a retribution for them. May their eyes be darkened so that they cannot see and their backs be bent forever. Hmm. 
So he's just this idea that there's the outside of the elect, outside of the remnant, outside of those who are saved by grace and have a heart relationship with God, are all these people who are just blinded. They're darkened. They're hardened. Verse 11, again I ask, did they stumble so far as beyond recovery? Not at all. So those that are not part of the elect, those who have hardened hearts uh, in Israel and in Gentiles for that matter, are they beyond salvation? No way. Paul says again, heck no. <laughs> they can be saved. Man, isn't it good news to know that uh, you're never too far gone? Yeah. Maybe it's you today, or maybe it's someone that's on your heart and mind. Um, maybe this is a word of encouragement to you today that they're never too far gone. Can they stumble and fall beyond recovery? Nope, not at all. Thanks be to God. Rather, because of their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. So God, he's saying God, God used the hardness of Israel um, to... Um, he used it for his glory. And now that God is working among the Gentiles, um, Israel is getting envious. But God will even use that envy <laughs> to motivate them to repentance. You know that God can use your even envy. He can he can he can use disappointment. He can use envy. He can use greed. He can be use he can use even use selfishness. He can use anything to lead to repentance. Verse twelve. But if their transgression means richer for the world and their loss means richer for the Gentiles, how much greater riches will their full inclusion bring? I am hmm. talking to you Gentiles. Inasmuch as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I take pride in the ministry in the hope that I might somehow arouse my own people to envy and save some of them. So I'm preaching, Paul's like, I'm preaching the gospel to the Gentiles and seeing people come to know Jesus who are outside the, the, the Israelite family, and I'm, I'm doing it for a lot of reasons. I'm doing it so that Gentiles might be saved, but I'm also doing it so that hopefully it will arouse the envy of my own people. Envy and that would generate a desire to want to be in on what God is doing, and that they would be saved, that they would come to Jesus, that they would see what Jesus is doing in the world, and they would want to be in on it. Verse 15, For if their rejection brought reconciliation to the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? So if, if Israel's, by and large, Israel has rejected Jesus, so if their rejection means all these good things are coming to the world as a result of that rejection, how much more good things are going to come as a result of their acceptance of Jesus? If the part of this dough, if the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. If some of the branches have been broken off, and you, though a wild olive shoot, so he's talking about the Gentiles now. So, so again, it's like, okay, so God's been working throughout the history uh, through the Israelite people and through their disobedience. Uh, they've been those branches have been removed, and you Gentiles who've accepted Jesus by faith, you've been in, you've been grafted into the vine. Uh, you're like a wild olive shoot. 
<laughs> That's what we are. We wild olive shoots. He says, so though if some of the branches have been broken off and you, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing sap from the olive root, do not consider yourselves to be superior to those other branches. So um, the olive shoot obviously is is this uh, this flow of God's saving activity and saving message throughout history that coming through the uh, the people of Israel uh, recorded in the Word of God in the Bible, and we get to be grafted into this family. This, uh, this olive branch has been around long before us, and we're now reaping the benefits of this historical faith. He's like, don't, now that you've been grafted in and you re- through Jesus, don't be all arrogant. <laughs> don't be all arrogant. Don't think you're superior to those other branches who've been there longer just because you're the new thing. Don't, don't, don't be, uh, don't, just because you're the new shiny thing, don't, don't be arrogant. If you do, consider this. You do not support the root, but the, the root supports you. You're depending on them. They don't depend on you. <laughs> he's, he's just driving home the humility, right? You realize that you're now part of a family, a family that began way before you. I think that's always good for us to remember, man. Like, you know, and, and that's, it's so helpful in so many conversations. Like, these days, every new um, idea and thought is is touted as superior to everything else, anything that's come before. It's like, wait a minute. The faith of Jesus has been around for 2,000 years, and that, is even, that, and that has a continue, and that even draws from a root of Jewish faith that goes down for thousands of years before that. So who are you in the you know to come around with a new idea, a new thought that it's that supersedes four to five thousand years, six thousand years of Judeo Judeo Christian faith? You don't. That's just arrogance. <laughs> that somehow we today are smarter than they are. That we're more moral than they are. Yeah, we've got scientific advancements. Yes, we've got uh, biological like health. Uh, medicine has advanced. Yeah, we've advanced in a lot of ways. Technologically, yeah, but we haven't advanced morally. No. The moral condition is still the same. Just We've just created more sophisticated ways to sin and to hide it <laughs> and to exercise our greed and power. And so... When we uh, when we receive Jesus, we uh, it's good to be reminded that you know you're you're part of a family, a family that was here long before you. And I think there's an incredible richness in that, right? Wow, I'm part of a I'm part of a historical family. That's Hebrews chapter eleven, the great the great hall of faith, right? All these all of our ancestors in the faith, not all of them, but some of the 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 uh, some of the most famous persons of faith are in Hebrews, and it's all to remind us that we're part of this great family that has said yes to God, that has obeyed God, and you're not alone. So you know, keep up the faith, keep up the fight, keep running the race. Yeah, I just want to encourage you today. Maybe you're getting tired. 
Maybe you're running the race, you're getting tired. I hope you are reminded today that you're not alone. You're not alone. You are part of an incredible family of faith who've uh, endured hardship, who've kept running when they were tired, who kept trusting when it was hard. And uh, they would speak to you today and tell you this, it's worth it. It's worth it. Jesus is worth it. Verse 19. You will then you will say then, branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in. Granted, but they were broken off because of unbelief. And you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but tremble. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. So they'll be all they'll be arrogant because they're, you're you're you are on this vine on this uh, in this part of this family, but you're on this family because of faith, and um, it's not because of your good works, not because you're you're more righteous than them, it's not because you're more deserving than uh, unrighteous Israel. No, it's not because you're any better. It's because of faith and grace. So always be grateful. Consider therefore the kindness. And sternness of God, sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you continue, there it is, you got to continue, continue in the faith, continue in this kindness, otherwise you also will be cut off. So don't think that you can, you know, that's, here's my problem with, yeah, you know, you just check the box and, you know, say a prayer and you're good. No, if you don't continue on in faith, Paul's very clear here, you will be cut off. Don't think that God's going to overlook your hardened heart and un unrighteousness. If he cut off Israel because of their, uh, their hardened heart and unrighteousness, their lack of devotion and commitment to him, you think he's going to wink at you and let you pass? No way. That ain't how it works. Verse 23, and if they do not persist in unbelief, they will be grafted in. So unfaithful. Unrighteous Israel, those that are not part of the remnant, those that have hardened hearts now, if they if they repent, it's not like they're they're lost forever. No, if they repent, they will be saved and they'll be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. After all, if you were cut off, cut out of an olive tree that is wild by nature and contrary to nature, and contrary to nature, were grafted into a cultivated olive tree. How much more readily will these, the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? Hmm. Verse 25. And I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved, as it is written. So all of remnant Israel will be saved. And so there's a hardening of the heart uh, among Israel, which will continue until the full measure of Gentiles, however many ever that is that God knows will happen, um, when all of those whosoever will respond favorably to Jesus um, until that work is complete. As it is written, the Deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godless, the godless away from Jacob, and this is the covenant with them when I take away their sins. Hmm. Takes away our sins, man. As far as the gospel is concerned, they are enemies for your sake. But as far as election is concerned, they are loved on account of the patriarchs. 
for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Hmm. God's promises to Israelite people are irrevocable. Like his, his promises to Israel, and he's kept them. His promises to Abraham and Moses, David, are irrevocable. They cannot be taken away. And they, uh, they will continue to be fulfilled because they were made to the patriarchs. For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. That's an interesting thought, right? Like God's calling on your life is irrevocable. Um, where are we? Verse 30, just, just as you who were one time disobedient to God have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience, so they too have now become disobedient in order that they too may now receive mercy as a pursuit, as a result of God's mercy to you. For God has bound everyone over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all. So we're all disobedient in different ways. Israel disobedient, they, had, they knew the truth, but they were disobedient. Is, uh, Gentiles are disobedient, goes back to chapter 3, uh, or chapter 1 and 2, about how we're all disobedient. But now that we're all in the same condition, the, mess, the salvation is now open to all of us, available to all of us. It's inclusive. No one is excluded. Verse 31, beautiful doxology here. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord and who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. That's beautiful. Beautiful doxology. All good theology ends in doxology. <laughs> Study of God ends in worship of God. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. So let's pray. Let's end our time together in prayer today. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for my friends and the opportunity that we have today to, to read through your word together and be reminded of the blessing it is to be engrafted, grafted into the vine that is your faith family. Lord, help us to always be humble not to be arrogant, not to be haughty, um, but to continue to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling and to keep the faith no matter what. God, I pray for my friends today. May you bless them, encourage them, help them to have a fantastic day and walk with you. We give you thanks for all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, my friends. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for spending some time reading through Romans chapter 11. Tomorrow's an awesome one, Romans 12, man. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful one. Kind of shifts gears a little bit. Awesome passage. Well, thank you guys so much for liking, subscribing, sharing this podcast. It means so much. It's how we get the message out. That's how other people find it. So thank you for doing that. Have a great day. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Same time, same place. See you next time. Bye.
Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.